Borida, good morning. It's so good to have you with us as we celebrate the feast of Christ the King, as we remember the true identity of Jesus and proclaim that he is sovereign over all. I hope that today, as you journey with us, you'll be encouraged and blessed and brought a little bit closer to Jesus. As we begin our service today, let me pray the collect, the special prayer of the church for today. Eternal Father, whose Son Jesus Christ ascended to the throne in heaven, that he might rule over all things as Lord and King. Keep your church in the unity of the Spirit and of the bond of peace, and bring the whole of the created order to worship at his feet. Grant this for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. reading from John chapter 18 verses 33 to 37. 
Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born. And for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
May I speak and may you hear in the name of God, who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. We're about to venture into Advent and towards Christmas, my favourite time of the year. It's an opportunity to legitimately begin every day with a little bit of chocolate at least. But before we get there, we get a glimpse of the true identity of the babe born in Bethlehem. It's a little bit like going to the cinema and watching a trailer before you actually see the film itself. Before we venture into Advent and towards Christmas, we get a chance to ponder the true identity of Jesus. He's more than an ordinary baby, more than a good teacher and more than a prophet. Today is the feast of Christ the King and the church proclaims that Jesus is sovereign over all. Yet, in all honesty, in today's Gospel reading, Jesus looks like anything other than a sovereign and a king. He looks fragile and weak, more the subject of a fuzzy Christmas carol than a mighty rousing national anthem. And even when Jesus is asked about his own identity, whether or not he's king, in all honesty, he seems to be unsure. And so we're left asking ourselves, really? Is this the best kind of leader that the Jews have to offer? They'd been waiting for a mighty warrior, a strong leader, a statesman, to take them out of oppression and into freedom, into a place where they could live life in all its fullness. But in all honesty, at first glance, that doesn't seem to be what they get today. Now we need to remember that whenever the Gospels look at the identity of Jesus, and whenever they address the issue of Jesus' kingship, they're always doing that in a specific context. The land where Jesus lived was occupied by the Romans, and the Romans had an emperor whose rule was absolute. Tiberius ruled by force and by fear, and under his rule, Roman citizens were secure. Anyone who sought to attack a citizen of Rome would have mighty reprisals. But if you were not a Roman citizen, if you were a subject like the Jews, then things were very different. The emperor was lord and master, and he ruled by stealth. You'd need to put up and shut up. And if you didn't, well, there would be a case to answer. And this is the context for Jesus' discussion with Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor who ruled over the land of Judea where Jesus found himself. He wants to know whether Jesus is claiming to be king. He wants to know whether he's setting himself up in opposition to the emperor. And if he was, of course, then he'd be put immediately to death. There was only room in the Roman Empire for one king, and that was the divine emperor whose position was solid and secure. Pontius Pilate wants to know, is Jesus setting himself up in opposition with the emperor? And if he is, that makes Pontius Pilate's life 
very easy. The only thing he'd need to do was sign the death warrant. Then he could go back to lording it over the Jews. He could go back to oppressing people and making money off their backs. But he was talking about a different kind of kingship. Jesus, on the other hand, was talking about truth. So the account of this conversation was written long after the events that are described. And in fact, it was written even after the resurrection. The author of the gospel knows that the emperor Tiberius was dead and that Jesus was alive. He knows that the episode that he's describing portrays a power that has a much greater claim to rule than the Roman emperor. The emperor may have had the power to execute people, the opportunity to let them live or to put them to death, but Jesus was the one that had ultimate power over death. Jesus was the one that had conquered the grave. My kingdom, he says, is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. Jesus is king of a very different kingdom, a king that ruled by peace and not by force, a king that ruled by love and not by fear. And soon this king would be fastened to an instrument of execution, to a humble wooden cross, and that would become recognised as his throne, not just then, but down through the ages and even today. To the world, the cross was the ultimate defeat. Jesus had been put to death, he'd been dealt with, and he was no more. But to those of us who believe, the cross was the ultimate victory. It was a victory over sin and a victory over death itself. It was the very thing that restored the relationship between a rebellious child and a loving and compassionate father. It was the very thing that flung open the gates of heaven so that all who believe might come in. Nowadays, there are no emperors, but there are still dictators on a much smaller scale. Our need to know that someone is in charge, that there is an alternative rule on offer is still there as we seek security in the midst of the world's chaos. Perhaps over the last couple of years we've lost a loved one, perhaps we've lost our job, perhaps our marriage or relationship has broken down. Maybe there's bad feeling between ourselves and a family member and we're struggling to make the first move or to forgive. And in the midst of that chaos, we find ourselves asking crucial questions. Is Jesus really king? Is he really sovereign over all of this? Is he really in charge? because it doesn't seem like it. In fact, at times, it even seems as if the world is upside down. 
And beyond our immediate situation, the world appears to be in so much chaos. It's in the grip of financial chaos, political chaos. There are so many struggles that seem to be above and beyond our control. And how can the world survive? Will it be nuclear war that destroys us? Will it be global warming that sees an end to human existence? Or will it be the collapse of a financial system? Or even perhaps a pandemic, something that we know all too much about. But in the middle of difficult times, and in difficult times with a world in chaos, we find ourselves asking, can we really believe that Jesus is sovereign over all of this? Is there evidence to believe and to trust that he is in fact king of the world? And yet, and this is crucial, we know that he is. He may not at first glance look as if he's king. It may appear as if he's weak that he has no real control or no real answers for the challenges that we face. And yet, today, we celebrate the fact that truth, real truth, is far deeper than outward appearances. We affirm the truth that at the heart of the universe there is a force that is a force of peace and justice and love, a force that is stronger than all other human forces, a force that's been there from eternity and will be there until the end of time. But maybe at the moment life is fairly easy for you. If it is, be thankful, thankful yet not complacent. If that's where you find yourself, I also want to encourage you as I close today to run the race with Jesus, to travel with him every single day of your life. Invest in your relationship with him. Make him a priority in your daily tasks. That way, whether you're trying to make sense of chaos or confusion, a chaos and confusion that perhaps engulfs you and surrounds you at the moment, or whether you don't face any challenges at all. You're building your life on a firm foundation of truth and faith. And whether you relate more with Jesus' frailty or his vulnerability in today's passage, or with his power and authority over death as we celebrate at Easter, he will bring you strength. He'll bring you comfort and hope. And those things, they will sustain you and encourage you every single day of your life, no matter what you face and no matter what the future holds. It's part of human nature to search for meaning in the middle of life's chaos and to want structure and purpose. We want to know that someone is in fact in charge. 
And today we remind ourselves, yes, yes, someone is in charge. It's King Jesus. And today we worship and adore him. Amen. you join with me as we pray together. We give thanks in the midst of the world and its chaos for the chance to be still for a moment and to enter into God's presence. Wherever we are today, let's be still for a moment and experience his peace, that peace which is stronger and deeper than anything that the world can offer. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. We pray today for the church, remembering especially the church in Wales and our own diocese of Swansea and Brecon. We give you thanks for Bishop-elect John Lomas and we pray for God's blessing on him. And we remember our mission to proclaim the kingship of Jesus. Jesus whose rule was a different rule. Jesus who came to rule not by fear, but in love and to bring peace. We pray that his righteous, compassionate, loving rule would find more of a place in our world as his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
as we celebrate today Jesus as righteous sovereign over all things, we remember his ways, his ways of truth, of righteousness and peace. We pray for world leaders, that they would gaze at the example of Jesus and try to follow him. We pray especially for those in positions of responsibility in our own country, for those who represent us in Westminster and in Cardiff. May they do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Today, we pray too for all in need, especially those in our own communities, in Gosainan and Lecha, those that we know who've asked for our prayers, and those that we love, and those too whose needs are known only to God. We pray for the elderly, for the disabled, for the sick, for the lonely, the anxious, and the distressed. We pray for those who are dying, and for all those who love them, and those who will grieve their passing. In the midst of all their challenges, we pray that Jesus would bring them comfort, that he would bring them peace, and that he would bring them much joy as they remember that he is hope, true hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Finally, we pray for ourselves. Help us to see Jesus more clearly, to follow him more nearly, and love him more dearly, Lord. Help us to recognise him as sovereign king in our lives. Help us to commit ourselves to him, letting our words and our deeds be shaped by him. Father, as we pray today, we remember all those times when Jesus has not had righteous rule in our lives. All those times when our words and deeds have not been like his. Forgive what we've been. In your mercy, accept what we are. And of your great goodness and love for us, give us the gift of your spirit to help to shape what we will be, so that our lives well lived out might help others to catch a glimpse of Jesus and to fall in love with him. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Thank you so much for being with us this morning. It's been great to have your company. Before we end, let me share with you what we plan to do as we journey into Advent and towards Christmas. We're going to be following a series of daily reflections by Tim Chester called The One True Light. I'd like to encourage you to join us on that journey. And if you'd like a copy of the book, it is available here in church and we have a stock. It would be great to journey together through Advent and as we prepare ourselves to ponder the mysteries of Christmas, the birth of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Now, as we begin a new week, let me pray for God's blessing upon us. And let me encourage you, as I always do, to remember that we're always here for you. If there's anything we can do to support you, practically or spiritually, then please do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Crucially, we miss you. We love you and we want to pray now for God's blessing upon you. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you on this feast of Christ the King and always. Bendith du hollachiog, tad ma bagasprydlan, Avonich Plith, Akadrigo Gadachim Wastad. Amen.